Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out, living letters of the word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I received an interesting postcard in the mail this past week. Perhaps you received it too. It features a rather confused-looking older person on it holding a phone. And the caption on it reads, Shock your mama, go to church this Easter. You might have to remember that for next year. Now do not fear. This is not the beginning of some kind of diatribe on how shocked I am to see all of you this morning. Although I am very glad that the junior warden checked the soundness of the roof just the other day. But I would like to talk for a little bit this morning around an equally shocking revelation that Christ is alive. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, prophet from Nazareth, friend of prostitutes and tax collectors, and convicted rabble-rouser who recently died by crucifixion, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Now wait a minute, you might be saying to yourself, I know that Jesus is alive. That's why we're here, Captain Obvious. That's why the church is decked out in all of these beautiful flowers. That's why we bust out the white shoes and the pretty dresses and the seersucker suits. That's why we sing happy songs and shout Alleluia. I know that Jesus is alive. It's Easter. That's why we're here. But just a moment, I might reply, while all of us can say, can articulate that Jesus is alive like someone reciting their state capitals or their multiplication tables, do we truly understand, do we comprehend, do we know that Jesus is alive? And do we know the shocking ramifications of that reality both 2,000 years ago and today? For on that Easter morning 2,000 years ago, the women who had been with Jesus for the past several years did not know that Jesus was alive. They only knew that their friend and mentor and teacher and savior had been snatched away in the middle of the night and convicted on trumped-up charges before the imperial authorities and then summarily and brutally executed in the most horrible means possible. And so to aid their grief, and according to Jewish custom, they go to the garden to visit the tomb. And it's early in the morning, and they have spices with them, And instead of finding a body, they find a stone that has been rolled away. And there's a young man in a white robe sitting inside the tomb. And he says, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He's not here. I love that first phrase, do not be alarmed. I think we here at the chapel know all too well that when you enter into a graveyard, 
you expect everyone in that graveyard to be dead and to stay dead. And if we found something otherwise, we might be a little alarmed. But Jesus is alive. And not in some kind of academic sense, not in some Gnostic, spiritual, bouja-bouja kind of sense, but actually, truly, physically, 100% alive. He is alive and real in the same way that you and I are real, in the same way that the flowers and the trees are real, in the same way that good barbecue and football are real. The specter of death has been defeated, and Jesus has been made new and walks the earth yet again. And since Christ is alive, then we too are alive. And that new life happens for us, not only at the end of our earthly life, but throughout our life. A professor of homiletics at Austin Seminary recently wrote, If Jesus Christ really rose from the dead, then that means that he is loose in the world, with power to raise us up from whatever is dragging us down, power to complete what we can't complete by ourselves. It means that the story of hopeless finality that that other storyteller is peddling, in the end, that's nothing but Friday talk. For since Christ is resurrected, then resurrection happens to all of us every day. And this resurrection can occur in big ways and in small ways. I'm reminded of a basketball player. I won't mention the team. It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Who met a nine-year-old boy who was battling cancer. And the boy gave the player one of those plastic bracelets that many of us wear to support various causes. And one would imagine that that player would have been polite and kept it for a little while, but then it would have found its way into the waste paper basket. But instead, he wears it to this day still. And when he plays in a game and has to take it off, he puts it, the basketball player puts it in his sock. And as soon as the game is over and the player has to speak to the media, he puts it back on again. And they text each other quite often. And the player texted the boy just the other day, you're playing with me out there on the floor. Now that is resurrection. Resurrection happens when an argument is put aside and two people are reconciled. Resurrection happens when we find out that the test has come back negative. Resurrection happens when grandparents and grandchildren are reunited after a long time apart. Resurrection happens just this very morning when at the early service a parishioner walked up to the church in the midst of a video phone call with her husband who is serving in Afghanistan 
and they were able to go to church together. Resurrection happens. And that resurrection happens because Christ is alive. And that reality, my friends, is shocking, but true. Amen.